And now, now, it's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston, and welcome to another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I am joined today by Rexanne Strecker of Preferred Rate, a familiar face on this show. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, we had news, of course, this this week that the Fed has decided not to cut the federal, you know, the, the, the rate. Yes. And that it's probably not going to happen in March. And, you know, it's looking like maybe May is when they're going to decide to cut rates. Possibly. If, 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 you know, they see a continuation of, I guess, positive news and information, kind of like what they're seeing Correct. now, at least to an extent. So the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that people are so concerned with what the Fed is doing to fight inflation. And they've they've created, I think, this direct connection between what the Fed's going to do with rates mm-hmm. and then how that then impacts mortgage rates and their ability or interest in buying a house. And so I really want to talk about how those are connected. Correct. Sometimes they are, sometimes <clears throat> they aren't. Um, and then how you kind of approach this topic uh, with folks about, you know, we're going to wait to buy until interest rates come down. And I, and I do want to say just as a quick disclaimer that this is a, it's a sensitive conversation and it's a sensitive topic because a lot of people believe, and they have every right to, frankly, that real estate agents are always looking for a way to kind of spin things positively so that right now is the best time to buy or sell or invest or fill in the blank. Have you, you've noticed that. I'm yes, sure. Yes. There, there, now is always the right time. And so um, I guess the question is, uh, when someone says to you, we're going to wait for interest rates to come down before we buy a house, uh-huh. how do you just approach that topic? Well, first of all, the Fed announcement, I know it, may have shocked a lot of people, but the banks, we honestly, a lot of the people in the financial world are anticipating, I would even be shocked if it happens in May. I'm, we're all kind of thinking it's more out until like June or July. We're in the middle of an election year. So things are going to probably happen a little bit later this year. And, and that really wasn't a big shock to the financial district. I mean, you know that, Mm -hmm. um, But I do think that you are correct in that people misinterpret um, what's happening a lot. And and what they do is they just freeze. And so so it wasn't a big shock in the financial world. Nothing really happened. And then at the the end of the day, you're right. People then go, well, I'm just going to wait until rates start going down. The problem is, is that in doing this, they kind of, they've really hurt themselves because you're losing opportunity costs. So you have to kind of see it on both sides of the coin in the financial world. So as a banker, I'm talking as a banker, and Mm -hmm. I, I do agree that most people anticipate realtors to just spin a sunny side on everything. Right. 
But when you stop and think of the stats in this country where 90 percent of all millionaires in our country made it by buying and selling real estate. And if you look at that over the last 10 years, let's say even just the last 10 years where we've had these high ups and downs and rates super low and then super high, people are still making money through all of this. It just really then it changes what are what are we buying? So let's say that at one time you were thinking about buying your first home and it was 750000 Well, maybe now you buy a half a million dollar home or you go and look in a different market or you buy a multifamily home so that you can rent it. So it's still a good time to buy real estate. It's just you're going to change how you position yourself in the market. Mm-hmm. And so... I always think it's a good time to buy. And, and I mean, there are some times where I, we were talking off offline. There are some times where I've paid as much as 13% to buy a property and do an interest only because I'm, I'm renovating it. And that's the lowest I could get at that time for that property. And so that's a huge rate, right? But not if it's interest only, not if it's only for six months, and then not if I'm going to refinance. And so a lot of times I think people feel like, once they buy a house, that's it. They're, that's it. They've made the decision. But every decision out there can be offset. And the market is still appreciating. And there's still opportunity costs with everything. And so you really have to just see interest rates as just one segment of what you're buying, not the whole picture. Yeah. I think, you know, the other, of course, reason why people want to wait to buy a home when interest rates are lower uh, is because, you know, of course, they're going to save money on a monthly basis in the form of payment. But what they don't take into account is the effect that lower interest rates will have on the market in general, in particular, of course, our market. Correct. Right. So, yes, as of right now, we have very few homes for sale. Right. I, I put a post on Facebook and it got, you know, a few dozen comments from, from agents because I asked them. In fact, let me just look at the post really quickly. It was, as of right now, there are 1,260 pre-owned homes for sale in Charleston, Berkeley, and Dorchester County. And 450 of them have been on the market for at least 90 days. Right. So what does that tell you? And there's a you know bunch of commentary from agents saying like, hey, you know, at least a third of the market's overpriced or, you know, the positive spin on that is that, you know, two thirds of everything that hits the market sells in less than 90 days. Right. And, and what I was trying to point out to them is, is, is we have to be really uh, careful, but also intelligent in terms of how we look at this data. So like as an example, if a third of the market has been on the if, if the third of available homes have been on the market for more than 90 days, how does that compare to, you know, last year? How does it compare to fourth quarter? Well, I can tell you in the fourth quarter, almost nine out of 10 homes sold in the first 90 days. So we do have some spillover from homes that um, have been on the market last year, mm-hmm. this year. I'm sure those sellers are frustrated. They're probably really surprised, right, that their right. home hasn't sold. Some of them are just, you know, kind of oblivious as to what needs to happen in order for that home to actually sell, whether it's a price adjustment Correct. or a condition-related issue, which are the two main reasons why a home doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's some really, you know, 
it's a great time to get out there and make some offers. Right. And you know? so that's you you bring up a really interesting point and I've brought this up to several of my realtors too because the one stigma that I see amongst agents out there that always troubles me as a as a banker is they'll say well they listed it too high so I'm not going to even make an offer. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder well if you only think the house is worth let's say that somebody listed their house for 490. So we're in an environment where your sellers are going to want to get as much appreciation as they can. So it's in and tell me if I'm wrong. They think their house is worth a million dollars. You know what I mean? I mean they they always think it's worth top top and and rightfully so. We're in an environment where we just came out of COVID. Houses have been selling like hotcakes. It was really, you know, it, really apropos that you could just list it and it would sell pretty quickly. Now you're getting to 90 days isn't really that big of a, you know, that's really almost a normal cycle. I hear that inventory and I think, wow, that's really low. Um, but you're right. Why don't, why wouldn't you just make an offer anyway and, and see what, what happens? Because sometimes you may throw out an offer 50,000 under and well, if you insult the seller and they don't come back, that's a mentality too. Like, well, why would that be insulting? At least you got an offer. So why not just counter back then and just train people to negotiate and actually make the sell work as opposed to, no, they've priced it too high. So I'm just not even going to, I'm not going to even make an offer on it. Or I won't look, you know, I, if I'm an agent, I'm out there looking about 50,000 more than I want to spend just to see if I couldn't pick it up. Maybe I could get them to pay closing costs. Or maybe, you know, you could take it to the as an agent and say, hey, listen, we'll give you full asking price, but we want you to pay closing costs and we want you to do these upgrades or these repairs and put them on the HUD and give us a credit, you know, and, and pay the contractor. There's right. so many ways to make to make a contract work where everybody wins. And, and I think that... I think we've gotten so accustomed to being in a market where they sell like hotcakes that we've lost the art of negotiating. I totally agree. I think that the art of sales in mm-hmm. general is a skill that is developed over time. Oh, absolutely. And, and certainly something that, let's be honest, most agents just really haven't had to possess or hone. Correct. Because the market was so easy to sell properties then. Correct. So you'd so, list it and it'd sell. You'd list it and it'd sell. And there wasn't really much haggling. I mean, let's face it. We just came out of 2020. People were just buying stuff sight unseen. I mean, it was crazy, right? Um, but those days are past now. And now we're going to have to go back into actual, hey, let's just let's just throw something on the table and see if we can make it stick. And a, a lot of people will try to do another thing that, that I always... When I hear agents say this, I always scratch my head. They'll say, well, I gave them a verbal offer. And and I always want to laugh because um, real estate is done in writing legally. They, yeah. you, you can give a verbal offer, but and they may even accept your verbal offer over the phone, but then they can easily just walk out of the deal because it wasn't done in writing. Mm-hmm. So to me, I always tell my agents, if they call me and go, I'm thinking about, I think I'll call the other agent and see if they would entertain it. I'm like, well, why not just throw it on the table as an offer? Because people really honestly will consider something more in writing too. Have you noticed that too? Like well, the I'll, sellers take you more seriously. The overwhelming reason why agents don't want to do that is because they believe in their mind the seller won't take that offer Correct. and they don't want to waste their time writing the contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get it, when you write a few 
hundred or thousand contracts like I have, you can do one in five minutes. It's right. not time consuming. Right. And it's the right thing to do because it shows the seller that you're serious. Correct. Right? Even if the offer's low. And in regards to that, you know, when I'm representing sellers, I always encourage sellers to counter. Unless they are the type of person or, or, or type of seller in a situation where look, we're not negotiating on our asking price because we've already baked that into the strategy. You know, uh-huh. like if we intentionally priced the home at what it's worth right. and we are expecting multiple offers, then the interest, I guess, in responding to a lowball offer goes away because you've got you right. know, a lot of confidence that something else is going to be coming your way and it's going to be much better. Right. But I can't tell you the number of times I've had sellers that like I'll, the, the numbers on this aren't exact, but they're very close. Had a seller in Mount Pleasant listed a $1.4 million home. A buyer made him an offer of a million bucks. Right. And the seller's like, obviously, there's no way I'm taking this offer. Correct. Well, I said, look, just keep the conversation going. Come off your asking price, $5,000. It then puts us in the driver's seat. Right. It gives us a little high ground to say, look, you know, I'm sure you understand that the seller's not going to sell this house for a million dollars. We have, however, decided to come down $5,000 to show you that we're serious and that we'd like to sell this property. I think the home ended up selling for like 1.39. Right. You know, right. They, they came back with like, instead of it being a million, it was like a million 350. We recounted at 1.39. The deal got done. Had we not taken that first step, that deal would not have consummated. Right. Exactly. So yeah, sellers, you have to be open-minded. You have to try to check your emotions. I know that's easier said than done. <laughs> um, but I also want to just mention that, you know, as these rates inevitably come down, there will be some changes to the market. Right. I want to talk about that and explore a few other things with you as well. We're going to take a quick break, uh, but we're listening to uh, the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA with special guest Rex Ann Strecker of Preferred Rate. Rex Ann, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? They can do that over my uh, cell phone, which is 843-860-0809. Or they can email me at Rexan, and that's spelled Rexan.strecker at preferredrate.com. And that's R E X A N N dot Strecker, S T R E C K E R, at preferred, which has two R's, rate.com. <laughs> Excellent. And then, of course, if you guys want to get in touch with me, 843 800 0065, 843 800 0065, or our website is listingsincharleston.com. We're going to continue chatting with Rex Ann Strecker of Preferred Rate. We're talking about the state of the market, how, I guess, concerned people are with interest rates and how they're really following Fed announcements closely to try and time purchasing a home. Yes, just when the right time is. Right. And so what I want to talk about for just a moment is, you know, right now, of course, and I just shared with you, for, for those of you that are just joining, I shared some stats the last segment about the fact that about a third of what's available for sale right now has been on the market for more than 90 days. So it's a great time to try and negotiate. Yes. A lot of folks, of course, are concerned about interest rates, understandably so. You know, you have the ability to negotiate the interest rate when you buy something and have the seller pay to buy down your interest rate. It lowers yes. your payments for a year or two years or three years, depending upon what you can get. And those are two one buy downs. Yeah. And um, they, they are, you can do that within the contract. And that's, that's interesting because you can also negotiate. That's what I tell people. Like you can negotiate to have 
up to 3% on conforming loans, your um, closing costs and prepaids paid. So you could basically, what does that mean to the average consumer? It means that they would pay your closing costs plus pay your first year's taxes and insurances within the loan. So that's that's great because it really helps you. And then uh, it helps you save on the down payment. You can also have the sellers pay a certain amount towards buying down the rates um, to get you to qualify. Um, you know, rates have shifted down a bit. So we're not, you know, like FHA and VA now are in the sixes, which is great again. And, you know, we haven't seen double digits in this market. So even though rates are higher than what we all are used to seeing because we got really lulled into like a sense of rates are going to be in the threes below five for a long time. And, you know, it just, it, it always reminds me of what my grandmother always used to tell me, nothing lasts forever and this too shall pass. (laughs) (laughs) And so I always tell people don't get lulled into like in those times, people should have been buying like crazy. And we still saw the people waiting on the sidelines for rates to go down. And I guess what what I'm telling you is there's just so much more that goes into just a rate because you have to also think of, and when I say opportunity costs, let me explain what I mean by that. So let's say that you postpone another year buying a house, but you pay, you know, let's say you pay $2,400 a month or $2,500 a month in rent. You're actually paying somebody else's mortgage. So somebody else took the chance. They've rented to you. You don't get any tax write-off. You don't get anything for that. You're basically chucking that into a garbage can and and then um, going on. Now, I have a lot of investment properties, so I love these people. Is I don't want to <laughs> see them go away. But at the same time, um, you know, you have to also see that you're throwing that money away already anyway on why not own and be uh, getting the appreciation or being able to have the interest write off as well. And higher interest rates don't always necessarily equate to horrible because you, you have better tax positions that you can write off more. For for people like me and you that do a lot of investing, I don't always I, I just take that into account when I when I know I'm either gonna rent the property or when I'm gonna have to sell it. That's and a, so, that's you a know, really you, good point. Yeah. I just want to mention really quickly, like when we work with investors, because we also own a property management company, right? Yes, so you do. We we look at investment property and we we identify and we analyze and we present opportunities to mm-hmm. our investor clients. And as part of that analysis, we're looking at their total tax write-offs. Correct. You know, but the, the problem with real estate and frankly, real estate agents is that they don't really know how to properly present an investment property to I somebody. Agree. They can say, here's what you can buy it for. Here's what you can rent it for. Here are your deductions. Here's your, you know, return. Mm -hmm. But they're Mm -hmm. not taking into account any of the tax implications or the appreciation or the equity that you're building. That is correct. And and that's a lot of people when they don't want to buy right now, they, they forget that if you own the house for five years, you're still getting appreciation. You're getting tax write offs. All of that goes into profitability. And and if you're making a high income or even if you're a dual income family, um, it can really offset a lot of your your tax um, consequence if you own an investment property or if you own a house and you're writing off the interest against it. So that's what I mean by opportunity cost. People don't. And it is shocking to me how few realtors spend time processing or even understanding the product that they're selling. Well, it's just like anything else. You know, I think that agents, especially over the past several years, 
and I feel like I'm kind of bashing agents today, and it's not really my intent, but it's also yeah. this is this is a reality based show, right? It is reality you know, this based. Is, I, I, I am not here. I'm talking to, to bankers too. They don't invest in their own product either. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a show where we get to take the gloves off and we get to just tell people like it is. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, most agents, especially over the past several years, have gotten really used to having an introductory, you know very kind of like shallow conversation with somebody about what they're looking for, bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, location, price range, so on and so forth. They then go and create a search for them. A drip campaign. Isn't it called a a drip campaign? Yeah, you know, (laughs) listing alerts. And so they just, they have this set it and forget it approach where they're like, hey, I'll, I'll set up a search for you and then you tell me when you see something you like and I'll go and I'll show it to you. Correct. They do the same thing with investment property. You know, they'll they'll ask very basic questions to that investor, right? And then they'll set them up with a drip campaign, and all the investor is getting is like links to listings. It's like correct. When I work with an investor, I'm only sending them properties that fit their investment criteria post analysis. Correct. That's what a, a really good real estate agent that understands investment property should be doing is they should be saying. Hey, here's an opportunity to buy this property. Here's how much you can buy it for. Here's how much it needs in renovations. Here's how much it can rent for. Here are all your expenses, deductions, maintenance reserves. Everything's taken into account, including tax implications. So you can truly see your true after-tax cash on cash return. Yeah, and we've we've even created that little Excel spreadsheet that we pass back and forth that that does great. And it really assesses the... uh, What I like about how you do business, Brian, is you you really assess like four or five properties all at once on that. And, And that's good because like I I would always tell people like, how about you send me what you're looking at and let's analyze it. And if they're working with you, they've already done this. But let's analyze it because sometimes the best investment property isn't the one the most the one that you think like some people think well if i spend less i'll do this it'll be better not necessarily and so especially on your beach house uh, things because people want to live the dream when they're on vacation you know what i mean so um they want to pretend for a week that it's their beach house you know and Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of factors that go in and 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 i think that's to what the average buyer misses out there. It, it's the same on the primary, except, you know, you have to understand that if you hold that property as a primary for more than two years, you uh, a lot of people forget that you can sell it then capital gains free up to a quarter of a million if you're single, a half a million if you're married. And you need to be working that into your overall financial portfolio. Like I try to explain to my clients and and to yours as well, is that your house should become a part of your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Don't get too attached to it because you may want to sell it. It may appreciate so much that you can't afford to keep it any longer. But that's okay because then we're going to go find and do something else. And maybe we divide that primary that has tons of equity in it into two different houses. We go buy a vacation home plus a new primary. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. And that's, again, all of this bleeds into not just interest rate, but opportunity costs, tax write-offs. So there's literally, and, and the rates, the Fed increasing rates or decreasing rates, a lot of people don't realize that it's not a direct correlation. Right. It's not. There's about 13 to 14 different economic indicators that go into pricing mortgages daily. And we have these advanced logarithms that pull all that data 
and then kick out a rate, you know, and then and then you have to see what the market, where's the market turning. So it's it's not just a direct, oh, they they left rates alone. Now now everything's going to, you know, we just have to wait. So what I encourage people to do is let's educate ourselves more on how did 90 percent of the millionaires in this country make their money off real estate? And I can tell you they did it by measuring opportunity costs, measuring tax write-offs, measuring is it better to own or buy? How much is that appreciating? Can I get, you know, a lump sum? Because you you have to understand all you need to do is make a couple really good decisions. And that could be just buying your first primary. That could be just jumping off the mark and buying it. But let's say that in two to three years you've made, let's let's keep it really simple. Let's say you made 30000 off that in maybe five years. Okay, or, you know, let's let's just say that and you sell it and then you go and you take that and you invest it into um, your retirement or and then you go and buy your next one for a minimal down payment. And then you do the same thing. If you did that for over the next two years, you you're basically making 30,000 extra every two years, which equates to about one hundred and fifty thousand of money that you could play with. You know, and and I'm being very conservative because, as you and I know, you can get into real estate and make more than that. Um, I'm just trying to kind of show people that you could end up with 150,000 more in investment opportunity, and that can be investing in anything. It could be rolling it into stocks and bonds. It could be rolling it into other properties. It could be, you know, doing, you know, maybe your dream is to have a restaurant or I don't know. But you you can always kind of assess more and more opportunity in investing as you go along. Yeah. And I think the, the general public forgets that or, or doesn't know about it. I think there's a few points to impress upon folks that are listening right now. Uh, and first of all, we're talking with Rex Ann Strecker of, of Preferred Rate, who's a, a great uh, business partner and sponsor of the show. Um I think the first thing to, to impress upon you is that the team that you surround yourself with is yes. critical. It is very critical. Yes. The second thing I want to impress upon people is, you know, as we're talking about interest rates and the importance of them and, and how you determine when you're going to enter the market, the reality is a lot of people are not motivated right now to motivated enough right. to sell and buy and get a higher interest rate. It's right. just not worth it to them right mm-hmm. now to sell at a 3% rate and get into a 6.5% rate. Right. What I mentioned earlier with regard to a lot of inventory on the market being on the market for more than 90 days is, again, there's a window of opportunity right now, I think, to negotiate fairly heavily at times and get some good deals, get those sellers to pay to decrease your interest rate. But what happens when these interest rates come down and come down far enough for people to then make sense financially out of selling and buying again. <laughs> you go into a frenzy again. It, it, the, the same basic thing is going to happen. We just don't have enough for sale to, to, to see, in my opinion, this market reach some sort of like equilibrium. I right. think what's going to happen is people that are sitting on the fence right now saying, look, I would sell. I'm just not ready to give up my 3% rate. Well, right. once those rates get down into the you know fives or whatever number it is that people make sense out of saying, all right, now's the time. Right. Yes, you'll have more inventory, but that inventory will quickly be absorbed by the other people that are sitting on the fence waiting to do the same thing. Right. You know, we've got this trickle up and trickle down effect in real estate where, Correct. you know, the 
let's say that you bought a home a few years ago as a first-time home buyer. Well, now you're going to sell it to someone that's a first-time home buyer, so you can buy the move-up buyer or move-up seller, you know, home, and they go and they buy something more expensive, and it just, you know, it creates this chain reaction. Right. And so I, I don't see a clear pathway yet to our market locally being this balanced market where there's no real upward or downward pressure on on pricing and everything is kind of just appreciating in line with inflation around two, three percent a year. I mean, th- yeah. I think we're a ways away from that market. And I think the the cautionary tale here is that for the folks that are just waiting for like their their impetus for change is a lower overall mortgage rate. Right. I think by the time that happens, enough momentum will have circulated in the market to where everything's just going to be absorbed and it's going to create higher prices. Right. And your qualification, of course, your max purchasing power and the homes that you get for those price points can change pretty drastically based on interest rate, right? And of course, the prices that those homes are. But I think a lot of folks have seen over the past, you know, year, two years, three years, however long they've been looking that maybe they were looking at a home that was half a million dollars uh, in, you know, James Island. And it was a four bed, two and a half bath, fully renovated, you know, 2,500 square foot home. Right. But now they're looking at a three bed, two bath home that needs work. Right. For a half a million. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I think the point to, to make today uh, before we take another break, is that there is some real opportunity in this market. Oh, yeah. Don't let the uh, idea that the interest rate isn't quote-unquote good enough sideline you mm-hmm. from negotiating and, and your carving purchases. your own path. Yeah. Right, right. And and we're kind of still, we're, we're, what you're also seeing is we're tipping right now. So it used to be just a sheer seller's market. They could just wait. You know, I'll just outweigh it. On that third of the market that's waited uh, 90 days now, they're kind of frustrated. So that's a great time to go and just make an offer. See if they'll if you'll get them, you know, to to start negotiations because they're frustrated right now. So then that means that the other two third is anticipatory that they're going to sell within the first 45 days, just like always. And so what you're seeing is a tipping point where this we're going to start going back to a buyer's market. But as soon as rates drop. Then it it becomes a frenzy where now the sellers have lost all control and the buyers are now in control, but the inventory is still low. And yeah. so then you get all of these. That's when we get into the multiple offers and, you know, you know, and that's not a good place to be either, either for the seller or the buyer. You know, so you're right. We're We're all looking for the equilibrium. But right now, you know, my my theory is. I just try to negotiate in the, you know, I play on the chessboard I'm given. Yeah. And so I just, if, if today we're at higher interest rates, I'll go in and try to negotiate harder on the, on the purchase of the home. I'll try to get, get them off or I'll try to get them to pay. More importantly, I usually try to get people to pay more of my closing costs and prepaids so I can keep more of my money in my pocket. Yeah. Keep your cash. So that you can, you can always pay a mortgage payment if you've got a couple thousand in the bank and you could even, Make some of it out of your monthly budget, and then if you have to draw a little bit off of that to to absorb the higher payment, there's so many clever ways you can do it without endangering yourself. And yep. you know, and and know that 
probably in the next year we're going to see, I, I would think by June, we're going to see rates start heading down. And then guess what? We're going to get into a refinance boom again. Um, and then that's a perfect time to start taking out some of the equity from your house and maybe going and buying an investment property. So you can always make it positive. You can always, um, you know, turn it, turn the bad into good in, in real estate. That's what I love about it. It's such a lovely vehicle to Absolutely. make money. So for those of you that are listening, if you're thinking about making a move, if you're, if you're watching the market and you're really conscious of rates and that's preventing you from getting into the market right now, I'm just here to tell you that there are some options. There's yes. some things we can chat about, some, some pathways that we can take Absolutely. to have this opportunity right now, I think make a lot of sense for a lot of people. For sure. And there's a ton of what we call shadow inventory. There are a lot of people that are on the sidelines right now that would sell. Yeah. And by if it made sense, it's just that they haven't, in my opinion, taken the time to understand uh, or, you know, kind of reverse engineer mm-hmm. how we get them from point A to point B in a financial, in, in a way that makes financial sense. Right. And and that's where you were speaking of a team. You, what you do is you start talking to a banker and a realtor. Uh, we would love it if it was us. Um, but you start talking to people that really know how to help you engineer all this because there are sellers out there that should be selling. I mean, the market, you know, what's going to happen is, and a lot of times in a seller's market, like the people that don't want to move off that 3%, they lose a lot of opportunities by waiting for the rates to drop as well because the problem is is that when you get ready to list it, then you're losing you're losing your appreciation right? because then things are going to start balancing back out. Yeah. So it is really difficult to time it just perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying impossible, but it's pretty difficult to time it just perfect to where you hit all the buckets. And that's why interest rates to me, yeah, they limit how much you can buy or, or they just, I would even say it's not really limiting. It's changing of strategy. That's a great way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Rexanne, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Again, Always we're talking pleasure. with uh, Rexanne Strecker of Preferred Rate. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? 843-860-0809. That's my cell phone, so you can call me anytime. Just don't call after 11. That gets a little annoying um, <laughs> at night. Um, but um, And my email address is rexanne.strecker at preferredrate.com. Awesome. And of course, you guys know that if you want to reach out to me, you have any questions about real estate, about strategy, uh, we've got a great team assembled that can help you guys with anything that you need uh, residential real estate related. So feel free to reach out to me personally at 843-800-0065, 843-800-0065, or check us out online at listingsincharleston.com. Huge shout out to Rexanne Strecker. I mean, it's always so great having her on the show. She's a wealth of information. She's a key player on my team and you know, when you when you hire me, you're not just hiring me and my expertise, but you're you're getting folks like Rexan. You're getting a fantastic closing attorney, insurance, you know, contractors. I mean, we we've really taken a lot of time and been very purposeful in this team that we assemble so that you get you know a five star experience. So, uh, thanks to Rexan Strecker of Preferred Rate for being on the show. And, uh, you know, that's why we do this. You know, this show is designed to educate and inform you on not just the real estate market and the happenings within it, but the process of buying or selling or investing or, or even thinking about the real estate market. You know, I know there are some folks that listen to the show purely for entertainment factor. They have no interest in moving. Uh, and we, of course, appreciate that. Um, but of course, we have a lot of folks too that are, that are planning on making a move at some point, whether near or far. 
and you need to use a show like this um, to educate you on what's happening in our current market and the process right now of buying and selling the trends within it. So um, that's what we do. It's our pleasure to do it. And uh, thank you so much to those of you that listen to the show and rely on the advice within it to help shape your understanding of the real estate market. So um, I want to talk about finding homes in low inventory markets like the one that we're in right now. Now I gave a stat uh, toward the beginning of the show talking about how at least a third of single family homes that are pre-owned homes that are on the market for sale right now have been on the market for at least 90 days, right? So if you look last year, the median days, or I guess in the fourth quarter of last year, the median days on market was 14 days for pre-owned homes, right? That's how long it took to sell a property. So of all the homes that we sold last year, 41% of them sold in the first seven days, 68% of them sold in the first 30 days and 88% of them sold within 90 days. Now, only 64% of uh, homes that have been on the market for at least 90 days have sold. So you've got this interesting window of opportunity, but where's the inventory, right? We're still in a very low inventory environment. So the first thing I want to say is that, of course, when you're working with a real estate agent, you know, they're going to set you up with a search on the MLS It's really important that you're working with an agent that is proactive though, because just setting you up with a search that gets you access to homes as they hit the MLS and then send them out to you isn't enough. You need to try and be first through the door. Plus, you know, for a lot of folks that are moving to the area or moving into a newer area of Charleston, they don't necessarily know what separates a good deal from an overpriced listing. So when you're working with a real estate agent, you should be not only receiving these these property alerts, but the agent should be receiving them as well. And they should be reaching out to you to say, hey, this home hit the market today. It's really attractively priced. This is going to be one of those homes that probably sells quickly, not as a pressure tactic, but as just somebody that's connected to the market to say, hey, this is a good one. It's what you're looking for. Let's try and be the first through the door. And if you've worked with us and you're prepared for that transaction, then you can get in, you can make your offer, and you can beat other people to the punch. There's still very much so an element of that in this market. But what are some other ways that we can find properties for you to purchase that are not publicly listed for sale? That's what I want to talk with you guys about. So that's my little teaser. We're going to talk more about that as we come back right here on the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. And remember, if you want to reach out to me, you've got some questions about the market, you're thinking of buying or selling or investing in real estate. Maybe you have a home that you'd like for us to manage for you. Um, The number is 843-800-0065, 843-800-0065, or just go to our website, listingsincharleston.com. How do we find homes that aren't publicly available for sale? It's a really challenging thing for some agents to do. Others have done a really good job, frankly, of finding inventory for their buyers. In fact, on my real estate team, I have an entire department of people that they don't, they don't represent people to buy and sell homes. Their sole job is to find opportunities for our clients. So as an example, if a buyer that we're working with says, hey, I want to be in these areas and this is my criteria, this is my price point, um, what we're going to do is we're going to use everything at our disposal, right? We're going to use public data. 
We're going to use property records and we're going to, you know, through the help of technology. I mean, I can literally go into one of my software systems and I can draw a circle on a neighborhood and then I can say, all right, well, for all the homes that pop up in this area that this person wants to live in, let's then, you know, refine that list based on the number of bedrooms and bathrooms and square footage they need. Is it one story? Is it two story? How big is the yard? All of this is public data that we can sift through to then find a condensed list of homes that would be a fit if those sellers were interested in selling. And then guess what? It's not magic. We call them. We ask them if they want to sell their home to a qualified, ready, willing, and able buyer. And because we use that tactic on a daily basis, we build these massive lists of folks that say, well, yeah, I mean, I would sell if the price was right or... Uh, you know, we've got a lot of absentee owners. Maybe it's a rental property that they have. And they'll say, you know, when the lease is up, I would consider selling it. Well, you do that for long enough and you build this large database of future sellers. If you can match those folks up with future buyers that are saying, you know, I, I want to buy a home in the next three to six months, then I can just go into my database and say, well, who have I talked to and who's everyone on our team talked to that would be interested in selling in the next three to six months that fit that buyer's criteria? Right? Connecting the dots is something that we've learned how to do really well, but it doesn't stop there. We can also not just look at our database, but we can look at every other agent in our brokerage's database. You know, It just so happens that I work at the largest real estate brokerage in the world, and we have our own internal MLS. You know, Every agent has the ability to then look at their database and say, hey, if this is a buyer I'm working with, then... How many potential sellers are out there that other agents within my brokerage have already spoken to? We can do the same thing, of course, if you're a seller. How many buyers have we spoken to that are looking for something like this? We can look at you know, expired listings, canceled listings, for sale by owner listings. We can post it on Facebook community groups. The options are out there. The work associated with it is what most agents haven't gotten used to doing yet because they're used to property selling so quickly. So if you're thinking about selling your house or buying a house, connect with our network, our database, our process for helping you find either buyers for your home or sellers that you can purchase from that are not currently on the market. Uh, it'd be our pleasure to do so. Give me a call, 843-800-0065, 843-800-0065, or check us out online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. <laughs> 